Welcome to Herbs with Erin, Remedies for Body and Spirit podcast, where we help people explore the power of herbs to create optimal wellness and strengthen their spiritual practice so they can feel healthy and connected. Information provided in the podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not meant to take the place of professional medical advice. episode of Herbs Podcast. I'm Erin Lefave, and today I have a guest, Dr. Erin Moore, and she's going to tell us about the Participate organization she has. She is the executive director and founder. So welcome, Dr. Erin Moore. Thank you so much for having me. A pleasure to be here. I'm really interested in what you're doing in Nepal. So can you just give the listeners some background, a quick you know, background about what you're doing in Nepal? Sure. So this is one of those stories that I could spend like an hour on, but I'll try to give you umbrella and then a nutshell version. So umbrella is we're like our, our mission is to support the health of rural communities in Nepal by engaging local people. So the primary way that we do that is by doing trainings and facilitations to kind of build a local community network around healthcare and then and then we we help to build programs that help local people to utilize their local plants as medicine, either in the traditional ways or Western ways, we Ayurvedic ways, we kind of do a blend of all of them. Uh, So that's what we're up to now. And how we came to be there, I've, it has been a, a, a decade long evolution, basically, but before, so I'm a naturopathic doctor. And before I went to school to become a doctor, I met this community in Nepal, kind of serendipitously, the kind of thing like where my bus broke down and I wandered my way to their village and they kind of took me in for a while. So I I had dreams then of with some local people about herbal farm and I was just making stuff up, you know, because I was well, I was in my early twenties and I just found this like idyllic, beautiful village and but they really liked the idea and this group of people, they had, they had wanted to do something of impact for their community for a while. So I kind of linked arms with these people and uh, this just a handful of men and women that worked, that lived in this community and kind of like North central Nepal. And over the next 10 years, just learned the ropes of international development with them. And we did lots of things wrong and a few things right. And as I went through medical school, I, I brought teachers and fellow students. And over time, it just kind of evolved into the main work that we were doing was learning about the plants in the community, making medicine from them, you know, tinctures and teas primarily, and in the Western way that we were learning in naturopathic school. And also they were teaching us locally how they had learned the herbs. And then we would get together with um, local physicians and other practitioners from the area and host these health camps where we would see hundreds of patients in, uh, in a few days. And then we would treat them with the medicine that we made from the land. And you know, then if it 
you could tell them if it was beneficial, then you can go, you know, right where to find it, go around the corner from grandma's house and you can make a tea from this or that. And so that felt really good. That was for the first five or six years we did that um, and then stopped for a while because we realized it was just, or I realized actually that work only happened when I was there (laughs) and there wasn't much of a system to sustain the work when I was gone. So it was just like we were doing this one really good, we were hosting a cool event that was really helpful and interesting once per year. And that just didn't quite sit right with any of us. So we we took some time and ultimately found this new system, not a new system of medicine, but kind of a codified grassroots development called participatory development. Yeah. So then we committed to like, that's when we really started doing more organizational work. This was in 2014, 2015, and really started work, focusing on training local people. You know, so I took, I, I got out of the driver's seat and went to the back seat. And eventually, you know, now like the more I've learned about how community development or international development can be most effective, I basically should not be, I, I need to be less and less a part of it is what I've learned. So now I like, I'm in the, I don't know, the trunk or something. I'm in the back, back seat or facilitating the back seat driver, facilitating the facilitator is really kind of my role now. But since then, yeah, now we're, we really work to build community systems, really, like training local people to design their own healthcare systems. And then we just are providing, provide training uh, to help them really, yeah, learn what plants they have and, yeah, make medicine safely and uh, distribute it. We are starting, we're starting a whole new project now, kind of with starting with food as medicine and then graduating into plants as medicine, um, so that's like, that's the journey. That's like the nutshell version. <laughs> yeah, you touched on a, a lot of good things. One of the things I wanted to ask was why these health you know, clinics, what's that medical system like there? Do they have access to medical doctors like we have in, in America? Only in the cities. And there aren't very many cities in Nepal. So most of the doctors are in the capital city of Kathmandu and so yeah, rural areas, the, the, the bulk of the population of Nepal is in rural areas and hillside villages, and they, they don't have access to doctors, although they, the, the, healthcare system, the national healthcare system of Nepal, in my opinion, is actually not bad, relatively. Like everybody has access, most everybody has access to some kind of free care. Like there are little health posts in near every in every like kind of what would be a, like a county, you know, municipality. But the thing is the, the clinics themselves are understaffed. So there's often not enough people there or understocked. Like they only have a few medicines to give and yeah. And then the local people in time learn that they can't really count on that clinic. So then they get under, then they're underutilized. Uh-huh. So there is, if there is something there, like there is an infrastructure to work with and absolutely whenever we can, like we, we work within the infrastructure, but there is no like higher training. Most people like they get a three, like a one to three year education and then rotate through these, um, through these clinics around the country. Oh my goodness. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I love how you said you 
realize that, hey, it's great that we come here and help them. But then when we leave, what happened? Um, so I had to learn along the way, you know, by, by making mistakes. And then that, now I'm on the other side of it. Like there is so much that this is totally like the, the whole industry preaches against doing that. <laughs> but I didn't know that at the time. I didn't, didn't, I wasn't listening to anybody. I was just kind of, um, yeah, now we call that the white savior complex. Right, right. Where we yeah. come and say this yeah. is what we need. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't, nobody told me about that. So I just like kind of lived it out. It, it was just part of my, part of the path of, of my own, you know, my own professional experience. But they must have received you well enough. Like you said, they kind of brought you in, welcomed you in that kind of first time. And then through a series of events that this kind of took shape. And then eventually you realized, hey, we got to make this more self-sustaining. Oh, yeah. It goes two ways. They learned, too. They had never had, you know, someone in that in that position before, you know. And it, it seemed, yeah, of course, these people now are like family to me. You know, so yeah, I was, we, we, we figured it out together and I don't really know. I can't, I don't know what it, I I don't know what it's like from their perspective. They did rely on me, you know, they relied on me a lot and they, I think that they, that's how it was modeled to them also international development in their country. They're like, okay. And other communities, because this health camp model, what we ended up doing, we didn't make it up. It's like, it's what's done. It's how it's it's how higher healthcare is delivered in rural areas, you know, by health camps. So not just foreign doctors do it, but uh, national doctors do it too. They go, you know, once a year to a rural area and you know just like helicopter drop tons of pharmaceuticals and then they like then they leave. And that's a little dramatic the way I'm describing it, but that is how healthcare is delivered in rural communities. And so that's. I mean, it's better than nothing sometimes, you know, but not always. <laughs> and so we, yeah, we, we just tried to, so that was the model that we were, that we built on. It's not a great one, but you know, that you just work with what you got. Right. And they, like you said, that's what they knew how to do. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a surprise the way you were doing it at first. And I'm sure it was a little bit eye-opening and for them to say, to see like, Hey, we can take a little power back during the times when we don't have these um, almost like tsunamis of (laughs) medical care come to us. And that in between we can do something for ourselves. So uh, what, how would you describe their, in general, the people who live their their knowledge of the plants and how to use them for medicine? So it's different in every community. So just a little background. We worked for 10 years in one community. And then in 2020 was supposed to be our transition year. I mean, I suppose it still was, but we didn't end up going to Nepal in 2020. We canceled our trip and just everything hibernated a bit. So we're like now moving to a new community because we feel like we've kind of well, one of the kind of unspoken principles of naturopathic medicine is that the role of the naturopathic doctor is to make themselves obsolete. And that's also a, a goal in participatory development, ultimately to work ourselves out of a job. Mm-hmm. So happy to report, we feel like we've done that in this community. Like our work there is done. Like there's always more work to do anywhere, but we're, we're needed elsewhere. 
So we're in that it's, it, this is just, that's kind of the perspective I'm talking from now. This is a blanket statement, but you know, somewhat true in, in most of rural Nepal is that they used to have a really rich plant tradition. Like there would be herbalists in every community and they, yeah, Ayurvedic medicine was born from Nepal and India. So there is the, the, the knowledge is there. Um, but lost in, in for the most part. And it be, it, or I would say not lost, but kind of replaced because mm-hmm. when Western medicine came in, it was automatically assumed by local people to be superior. Like, oh, you know, now like the, this modern medicine, like the, it gets better when you take a pill, you know? So, uh, so in that way, it was like the focus just kind of shifted and like, as the culture civilized and people didn't want to stay home and learn from their mom and dad how to be an herbalist. They wanted to go to the city and be a policeman or uh, work in retail or something like that. And so as just the culture changed, herbalism didn't have as much of a, a high of a place of importance anymore. But it's still there in in folklore. So, but so yeah, people know like they have home remedies that they use for the common cold and a few a few things here and there. But it's it's at the point where the the generation that was the herbalist when that was the main form of care, like herbalism and shamanism, were two the two primary ways that uh, rural people were treated before the influx of Western medicine shamanism is still there and fading but the herbalists like they're that generation has already has mostly passed now their children who are like grandparents you know who had like who maintain some of the knowledge so they're it's like the the it's already been lost a bit but then the next generation like these the children of the children aren't really learning so we've got a probably about another 20 or 30 years, I think that it'd be really important to capture traditional like Nepalese plant medicine knowledge. Yeah, that is a story of transition from, you know, traditional uses of plant medicine to pharmaceutical and allopathic medicine. It's, it's very common that it seems that it came in, it looks better, right? Because it's faster, you get better results, it's quicker. But at the same time, it's too bad they both didn't meld together because then there would have been some real power there. Um, but it's good to hear that, you know, it's. it sounds like it's, like you said, slowly coming back and people kind of like, hey, it's gone and we miss it. We forgot how much we love that. Yeah. Yeah, so that is actually like how our organization has evolved because one thing that we did differently was make medicine from local plants. Like we took the health camp model, but then we use plant medicine to give back to the people. So they just loved that. You know, the patients were like, they recognized, you know, they recognized the medicine and, you know, they felt better. (laughs) And then they could, then they could also, it also kind of um, alleviated the ethical complaint of like, where's your refill? Like we give you blood pressure medication and then what, you know, but although honestly, it's not, Nepal is there, 
the way that they regulate their health, that these health camps, they don't, they don't give blood pressure medication like that. They'll like have them go to the city or something. So it's not, it's not that bad, but anyway, I'm just saying like, you can get a refill. We always, that's what we say. We really like about our, the, the prescriptions we give to patients like refills with we know how they can get a refill if they want one. And uh, yeah, so the, the patients really, then they're engaged, then they're proud. Then they're like, this is, this is, this is ours. This is our medicine, you know? And um, it's also really different. So yeah, the word spreads, Nepal is a small country. And so then we have like, we're just a tiny organization, but we've had multiple requests for us to come to, you know, to come to other communities, to come to other villages, come make plant medicine, come make plant medicine for our community, you know, come, we want to know, everybody wants to know, like, oh, I can, it's, there's medicine in my backyard. And of course, like then much of the population already knows. So it's really, it's really exciting. But so now we're kind of at the point, like, how do we do that? Like we kind of over the last 10 years in this community, it just, we didn't really keep track of everything in the beginning. I was just an eager naturopathic medical student. I was like, I know what that plan is. You know, that's nettles. And I can look it up in my book here. And I know, you know, and I, I was just kind of playing around. And then from there it grew. So for on our next community, we're really gonna just systematize it from the beginning and keep more data and yeah, just make it a little more replicable so that so that it can be replicated by not us and other communities. Yeah, I love how the plant medicines really bridge literally like bridge the gap in time and distance for them because, you know, it takes time, it sounds like, to go to these medical doctors, get pharmaceutical medications. And there's also a gap in time when they might be available. So these plant medicines can really help bridge that that gap and help soothe, you know, anything that's coming up, ailments, and, and maybe alleviate it before it gets worse or just help to make their lives better before they get to, you know, a, prof- a medical professional that they might need. So mm-hmm. I think you're, you're right when that pride comes through and also that it reduces the stress of like, what am I going to do if I start feeling bad, start feeling sick, you know, my moods mm-hmm. changes and I'm sad. Like, oh, now we have some plants at least that we can try. Yeah, for sure. And in in Nepal, uh, so they are really, you know, in America, we've had similar issues like p- supply chain issues just this last year. But it doesn't take much in Nepal for some. There, there's a strike somewhere that happens, or they can't get that this or that uh, um, good or manufacturing good from India or China because they don't make a lot of stuff in Nepal. They they have it imported, so the supply chain is really quite fragile. So it could be that one day they just don't have any medicine, you know, and then what? <laughs> so this is, that's really our, um, our vision for this, uh, for how we can help to strengthen these just rural healthcare systems. It's just teaching, teaching and reminding them of what is there all the time and helping them to set up systems so that yeah, nutritious and medicinal food is available at a baseline. And then, and then plants on top of that. So then they're not so reliant on the unreliable supply chain of Nepal's pharmaceutical industry. Mm. Yeah, that's, it, it's a great 
story and I know that it will continue. So what does it look like now in the future with what we've got going on with the pandemic? When do you think you might be able to get back to Nepal? Well, we're planning to go in fall of 2021. So we take an annual trip every year, um, mostly practitioners. So if you've got some herbalists in your audience right now, I would love to connect with them. And even people who are just um, uh, hopeful for are, are interested in traveling again after the pandemic. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm sure you'll give some information we can connect, but we're, we're, we're ready now. We're ready. Like our, our people in Nepal are ready to start this project. Honestly, we're just in fundraising stages. Now we have, um, we have to, it's a, it's a big leap for our organization to really take on this, um, this level of work, you know, it's a five-year project. Um, so we're just kind of in grant writing stages now. I want to make sure that we actually have the money before we, um, before we dive in and get started. So we're planning, um, I don't know, sometime in 2021, we'll really, uh, we'll really kind of break ground and get, uh, get started. We still have in this new community yet to do plant surveys and see what plants they have there. But um, yeah, our, so we'll begin sometime probably this summer and um, hope to make a trip next fall, probably October, November, or this, this fall. 2021. Well, that sounds great. I'm glad there's not such a yeah. gap in between because I'm sure they have, I'm sure they want to see you too. They've been, they're used to seeing you what every year? Every year, at least once a year. And I, for so many months, yeah, I miss them so much. <laughs> and I hope they miss me too. But, <laughs> but you know what's also cool? Like they, we, and it's good to know, good to remember. Like we are, they don't need us, you know? Like they're going to survive. They're like resilient people. We're not in this. Yeah. We're there to help them build resilience and strengthen their communities and bring back their plant medicine traditions. But, you know, the, I think it's always to impo important to remember. Yeah. Like we're not their saviors, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're a, like a, a savvy and resilient people and they've been through a ton way worse than this last year, you know? So yeah, I just love how the whole thing just kind of started out, like you said, like bus broke down, met some people, saw a need. Mm -hmm. I mean, you really saw a need and they were like, hey, that would be fun. great too if you could help us. And it just evolved from there. And now yeah. people know you and what you do and it's great. Yeah, it's crazy. It's It's been a wild ride. And one thing I will say that makes, that like saved me from the, uh, the white savior trap or whatever. And for anybody out there that's like has some similar aspirations is I just never gave up and I kept going back and I owned up to my mistakes and I tried to do better. And that's really, that's really how it's survived, you know? And would you say that you just kept going back, not because you felt like you had to save, you know, somebody, but because um, you, they were interested in what you had to offer. Like what kept you going back even after the mistakes? Mm. A, a deep and true love in my heart for those people in that place. So there, I also like, there's some kind of, I don't know, cosmic connection between me and Nepal. I don't have, 
I don't think I never had my like ancestry DNA done, but I don't think I'm from Nepal as far as I know with my ancestors. But I felt like when I first went to Nepal, I went over uh, over the border from India by bus, and I just like immediately like I it just like felt it in my like in my soul, you know, just so it like the country itself is medicinal to me, and. You know, I don't know. It's something like magical or karmic or something about my connection to that place. So that was special too. And really just honoring that and and those people, like because after so many years, like they've really like I've yeah, I've been going there since two thousand nine is when I met this first community. So I've watched their you know, their families grow and been a part of their lives and just a real commitment and like desire to be a positive force there and involved. Like I wanted, you know, there's a selfish part too. Like I wanted to just keep going back because it felt really good to be there. It's an amazing place, Nepal, you know? Um, And yeah, just to kind of see it, see it through. Cause once once he started, there was a there was a couple times where I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, and <laughs> these guys, <laughs> these guys don't know either. Which is really the funny part that we all just started. It's like five of us, these other four people that spoke English in the village, and we're like, let's yeah, let's buy some trash cans for the schools, and <laughs> we're just like making stuff up, and so, but it was fun. It was fun, and we all learned a lot. And now they have their own NGO, and. I have nothing to do with it. It's yeah, pretty cool. Amazing. Yeah. I love how things just evolve like that. Those stories that just evolve. It wasn't like a project that you really thought of, you know, it just kind of evolved. So if people are looking yeah. for more information about this, um, maybe how they can get involved. I saw on the website, there's some items from Nepal, I think that are being yeah. sold. Where do they get in touch with you? Uh, yeah. So yeah, we have a, we have a store, but it's like one of our fundraising ways. So if you want to support us, yeah, go buy, we, we sell these beautiful Yakul scarves and some Nepali jewelry on our, um, our website, which is participate.org. So yeah, we made the call, you know, five years ago when we founded this organization for better or worse to name the organization a made up word. So <laughs> I'm going to spell it out for you. It's P-A-R-T-I-C-I-P-A-I-D, putting participation in aid. So the website, which I'll, I'll ask, uh, I'm sure Aaron will link in with the show notes somewhere, um, but our Instagram and Facebook, uh, I would love to connect with you guys on there. I think is the, the best place where we keep post, post the most updates. And that is Participate Nepal. P-A-R-T-I-C-I-P-A-I-D underscore Nepal. The same on um, Facebook and Instagram. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing about your evolution with working with, you know, other cultures, other countries, and then just your deep love you know, like you said, the land is medicine, that place is medicine. That's amazing. That's makes so much sense of, you know, why you really love that place. 
they're doing work there. So thank you so much for sharing that with all of our listeners today. Thank you for indulging me and letting me share my story. I look forward to uh, connecting with some of you guys and maybe going to Nepal with you one day. Awesome. Sounds so much fun. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining the Herbs Podcast. Please connect with me on fullcircleherbals.com or at the Facebook page, Full Circle Herbals. I'd be happy to receive suggestions for future podcast topics.